Attention all basketball fans. CMG Sports presents the Posting Up Podcast, where Lucas Boldick, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay discuss the latest news and topics throughout the NBA. So, if you have a love for basketball, make sure you check out the Posting Up Podcast, live every Tuesday and Saturday on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Also available for download on every podcast platform. The Seattle management is going to give you their time of day. What makes you think that Jerry Jones is going to listen to you? Sometimes they're blowing teams out by overtime. Come on now. When they're on, they're on. Again, I'm going to need you to write LeBron a letter, send it to him, and say, Bron, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to hop off your bandwagon. Don't do that. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs, Clovercrest Media's combat sports podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe Guy and Jared Jones, as always. And boy, that intro every time gets it's getting me ready to talk some fights. So let's get into it. Starting in the UFC, Rob Font defeats Cody Garbrandt via unanimous decision. Jared, what did you think of the fight? Uh, my man Matt Bassett puts up his predictions of these fights. He's an MMA fighter, and uh, he said "funt by jab" was his was his post, and he was right. This is um, font looks good, great jab. Love the way he utilizes space and movement. But Cody Garbrandt is your lesson definition of a shot fighter. Call it the yips, um, call it whatever you want. He looked afraid to punch. He looked like he made a bet with somebody about how much punishment he could endure and still lose by decision instead of knockout. That's what this guy looked like to me. He he wasn't punching back. Gun shy. There was something wrong. This isn't the same Cody Garbrandt. Something wasn't right. Yeah. I I don't want to see him fight anymore. Sure. Listen, you know, my understanding is that uh, Garbrandt, you know, because in, this, in in the three losses, he's had a tendency of rushing in and getting clipped. And this 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 was supposed to be a, a smarter, more patient Cody Garbrandt. But as you just said, Jared, he didn't he just didn't throw enough punches. I, and I will say this, you know, Rob Font by jab is great. <laughs> the two of these guys, when, when I talk about this, that stupid pawing with the fingers out, I talk about it all the time. This was a fight between two guys 
who utilized and set up their jabs to do stuff. Now, Font uh, threw about uh, uh, three times as many punches Garbrandt did, uh, thus the results. But what a, what a great fight this was, uh, in, in my opinion. Now, as far as Garbrandt being shot, I don't know about that. He he really didn't he didn't really take any any big damage in this fight. This was a for me this was kind of a winnable fight for Garbrandt. If he had gotten aggressive, I think he he could have done something more with this fight. This he wasn't like being outclassed. Font was just more aggressive. And bottom line, this is the best this is the best fight Rob Font has fought in his entire career. So tough break for Garbrandt, and I don't know what's next for him. I mean, you know, this a lot of this a lot of losing. It's a four in a row now. Or three. Well, uh, see it when four of his last five. Yeah, oh. four or five. Yeah, it's bad. He's he's got to get back on track because this isn't the guy we know and 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 remember uh, with the big punching. No, and I talk about instincts all the time with scrub scraps and how it's like you have this fight or flight. And you react, and then you get hit, and don't do that. And you react, and you get hit, and don't do that. And Cody's reaction was, go in there and let your hands go. And they got knocked out. Oops. Go in and let your hands go. Knocked out. Oops. You know, now go in and let your hands go. Don't do that. Now his brain is telling him, don't do that. You'll get knocked out. And so this guy's getting in there to trade with him. There was one point he was like, yeah, come on. And it was like, what are you waving him in? Are, when are you going to hit him back? Yep. That, that was that was um, awful. That looked like a totally different guy. I'm, I'm with Cody where I was with uh, Ferguson not too long ago, that it's it's just gone and I don't want to see it anymore. He Cody, can't fight at this level anymore. Cody Garbrandt, to me, I, I don't necessarily – I don't know. He, he feel, Him and I think Aaron Pico – are very, very similar. Uh, Aaron Pico for Bellator. They get a couple of knockouts. They start feeling themselves. They feel their hands. And then they forget their wrestling game. I mean, Cody was great with the takedowns. He was able to control Font on the ground, but he still wanted to stand up and brawl. So I, I think he still has that in his back pocket. If he can learn to use that better. And, I mean, I know – it's hard when you get punched in the face. Wrestling itself is very exhausting. Add on a bunch of jabs to the face to slow you down. But I, I think Garbrandt can if he changes up his game plan and utilizes that. He's a solid wrestler. I think he can make his way back up there. I don't necessarily know if he's that far out. But all right, we we've talked enough about okay. We no, got, no, there's one there's one last thing to mention. That 4847, <laughs> can somebody tell me how Cody Garbrandt's number one fan got to be a judge in this fight? How did anybody how could anybody have not seen 5045? Maybe maybe 4946. That's maybe. ludicrous. That kind of yeah. stuff has to stop happening. In both this sport and the other one, these ridiculous scores where you're like, dude, not one person I talked to thought Garbrandt was only lost three two in this one. What yep. are you talking about? That I think that's disgraceful. 50 40. Somebody was like, nah, it was a lot closer than that. Which rounds are you giving Garbrandt? I'm just curious. I want to watch him again. Yeah, yeah. Tell me which two rounds so I can watch him again. 
Yeah, I'd oh, love to watch that over. crazy. Unbelievable. All right. Now let's talk about Rob Font. And let's answer Riley's question here. Is Font a legit contender, Joe? You know, from all the research I did on this guy, I did have a good feeling about him going into this fight because I'll tell you what, the way he fights, it's how you win fights. Utilizing the jab, setting up other things, you know, I, I think this guy is fantastic. Now, I mean, this is the best fight he's fought in his life. There's a reason why people don't really know the name Rob Font yet. This is a great win for him. I think he's, I think that he's probably going to need, it's tough to say, what was Garbrandt third? I mean, he's he's right up there now, Font, with the big boys. Four and five, yeah. Right, four and five, so. You know, uh, I, I mean, last three aren't bums either, Joe. Sergio yes, Pettis, Simone, Marlon Moraes. Those, those are those are good fighters. This guy's on his way up. I said uh, so. I watched this actually live with my daughter, and we we picked our fighters. I told her I was going to take Garbrandt, and she and, and I and I I don't let her pick somebody who I don't think can win. Like I, I was like I said, Font's pretty good. Probably will win this fight. So she took Font, and and we watched it that way. Um and, uh, I mean, in the second round, I was like, oh, Font's got this. Like, there was, mm -hmm. to me, there was no doubt that he had complete control of that fight. So, now I like this guy. I, I really do. And I and I said to her before the night was out, I said, your boy here is going to be fighting for the title next. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's necessarily true, but I would say within his next two fights, he's probably uh, going to be fighting for a belt, I would think. I like it. He's a windows guy, too. You know, I talk about closing the windows. He's one of those. Keep the distance and make there be just very, very small opportunities to get hit. Yeah, this guy's good. So how does he match up with the Jan and Sterling? Does he Is he the next champion, Jared? Um, I think he matches up well. I don't think he beats either one of those guys. Um. Man, he can though. He can. This guy's a tactician, the type that that it's possible. I tell you what, I'd love. I mean, I know obviously Sterling's the champ. I'd love to see Font and Jan fight. Jan, yep. Just from the technical the and the, the. I mean, good lord, would that be one? That'd be my favorite fight of the year. I tell you that That's right fun. now. Yeah. I agree with you, though, Jared, you know, because, again, initially going in, I was like, he's not going to be Cody Garbrandt. And it didn't take long. Again, obviously, coming off uh, the Marlon Marais uh, fight, this guy can take people out. And, again, I saw early on, and I'm like, oh, I looked at my thought. I'm like, he's your guy's going to win. I just knew it. I should have picked that guy, man. One um, stoppage, two, four losses, one stoppage. Rafael Asuncao submitted him. The other three are decision. He's never been knocked out. So good fighter. This, He's a this, really this good fighter. Level fighter. Yeah. He is really good. I, I do think he met, <laughs> I, I don't like the matchup for him with Sterling, though, just because of Sterling's round game. I think Sterling can get him in a submission or something. I do like the brawl that him and Jan would have, and I think that'd be great. But I, I'm intrigued to see what this kid can do. But now let's move from the cage to the ring. Josh Taylor beats Jose Ramirez via unanimous decision to become the undisputed junior welterweight champ. Joe, Josh Taylor's your boy. I'll give you the floor here. 
I guess if I'm upset about one thing, again, I'm going to go to the scores. 114-112 from all three judges. You'll recall Taylor dropped him in the sixth, dropped him in the seventh for some 10-8 rounds. Are you telling me without those knockdowns that, that it was a draw? What? That fight wasn't even close to a draw, even without the knockdowns. Dude, Taylor did just what I said. He beat that guy's body up really well. And to Ramirez's credit, and I said the problem was going to be, he only throws a left. I mean, you saw it. He only throws a left. It's stunning. Don't you have two hands, dude? You got to throw the other one when you're fighting somebody like Josh Taylor. Now, that said, these scores are ridiculous. This was a much wider defeat, in my opinion. It was a great fight, and I like Jose Ramirez a lot. I'd like to see these two fight again, to be honest. I really would. It was a great, great, great. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know what it is? I'll tell you what. Here's here's the thing. With the other guys in that division, you'd put Taylor back in with Ramirez? No, 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 no. Did I say, am I calling for an instant rematch? No. I'm saying somewhere. First of all, getting a fight in in this division is hard. On Tyson Jones' four undercard, you're saying? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Something like that. I'd love, I would just love to see it again. I I mean, I really do look. I don't know why people didn't bring this up, and I'm not. I don't. I don't want to take anything out on Josh Schiller, but the the seventh round uppercut, I didn't feel right about that. They broke the clinch, and it was like the third or fourth time in that fight they broke a clinch, and Taylor just clipped Ramirez. Kept doing it all during the fight, and Ramirez kept pitching to the ref. And I thought in the seventh round it was the same thing. You know what I mean? Like Ramirez was kind of like breaking the clinch. He wasn't, and he got that changed the whole fight. To me, after that, after the 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 knockdown in the seventh, Ramirez was useless after that. And I know he's kind of a second half kind of fighter, and he certainly fought. I thought a gallant effort, but he seemed like he was out on his feet eight through twelve for me, despite the fact like Rand Hagler. Oh, yeah, dude, I mean, right, and he was throwing and he was fighting, but, dude, that guy was out cold. He clipped Taylor a couple of times, and it didn't seem to have any effect on Taylor because I think Ramirez was in such a bad way at that point, and I think it all had to do with that with that uppercut in the seventh. So that's the reason why I'd like to see them fight again, especially if, if somebody can justify these ridiculous scores, again, in light of the 10-8 rounds, I'd love to hear about it. Oh, yeah. Now you take away the knockdowns. I think those scores are close. I don't know if that, like, I heard them and went, so without the knockdowns, it's a draw. Uh, I like 8-4 or 7-5 a lot better than 6-6. Yeah. But I'm okay with it. They got the right guy. You know, if it had been 114-112 the other way, I'd have blew a gasket. Um, That said, I think we've seen Ramirez's best against Maurice Hooker. I said that might be the fight we look back on as that was Jose Ramirez at his best. Um, now, after a loss to Taylor, you've lost um, to the t- to the top guys. Taylor beat Prograce, too. This is, this is the t- – he's got to get a shot. I know Bud's talking about Virgil Ortiz Jr. Might be a little bit early for my guy, but uh, this – 
you've got to make this fight. This Josh Taylor's the guy. By the way, if anybody's wondering why Riley Barrett Valdez is booing in the comments, I went on their show, Stir the Pot Sports, and my prediction was a Taylor ass whooping of Ramirez and, and Mr. Valdez here uh, does perhaps doesn't think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, and he he definitely got to eat some humble pie on his show on Monday. Although that said, I know uh, Riley. What, what's the other? Uh, oh, Victorian Adesanya. I already explained to him why Marvin's beating Adesanya, and again, Riley waiting for that. Riley's <laughs> sticking to his guns. He's like, dude, there's no way. There's no way. He's like, I'm gonna have. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And by the way, kudos to them. That's the, I think the only other show on the CMG network that even will ever talk about fighting. So props yeah. to those guys for doing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that yeah. show. Great. But, Not uh, better than I do, though. <laughs> Not better than these guys. Hey, we're specialists for a reason. That's right. Oh, yeah. But, uh, uh, no, okay. So now all the talk is undisputed junior welterweight champ, Josh Taylor, moving up. To take on Terrence Crawford. What do you think of that matchup, Joe? And are we gonna get it? Look, on the one hand, it's a it's the fight Bud Crawford deserves. I see here's what I was saying, right? I said before this fight, and about a year ago when I first joined the show here, <laughs> I said what Josh Taylor needs is to be a big name in the United States, put himself on the map. Again, people like Riley, they don't know who Josh Taylor is. You know Jose Ramirez. You didn't know Josh Taylor because he fights in uh, Scotland. Why would you know that guy? Right? You wouldn't know him. And I said the guy the, the guy needs to make his presence in the United States. And when he does, to me, especially if nobody wants to fight Bud, this would be a perfect fight. And now that, And now that Taylor's got all the belts, I mean, to me, I, I was just reading yesterday, Bob Arum is still struggling to find fights for Terrence Crawford because he is the worst promoter in history. But, yeah, dude, Taylor versus Crawford is the fight we deserve. It's the fight they deserve. It, to me, would be, again, two slick southpaws with power and ring IQ. This would be a master class in boxing. I would love this fight. The only thing that would kill me is one of my guys would lose here because I love the both of those guys, and it would hurt my heart to see one of them have a blemish on the record. The The, the thing with this fight is this is just – no, the, the, this is a, a redirect. This is – Smoke and mirrors, because is it going to be a great fight? Yeah, but the fight to make is Spence. You got to make that fight. Spence and Crawford have to fight. This will be great. It'll be cool. It'll, but it isn't the fight to make. I mean, Josh Taylor, he can defend his undisputed unified championship a couple times. But that Crawford and Spence fight has to be made. I this is a great fight, but don't don't let them blow smoke up your ass. The the fight to make is Earl Spence. 
and Crawford. Yeah, you know, you know, Spence doesn't want to fight him because Spence knows that he can't beat him. I mean, plain and simple. There's a reason he's been dancing around a couple of years now. He don't want any piece of that. He knows it. Dude, Spence talking. Bro, Spence talking, he should get 60-40. What are you, smoking crack, bro? (laughs) 60-40? Nobody nobody cares about Spence. Nobody. If nobody cares about Bud Crawford right now, they would have to care even less about Spence. Sorry. Take your 50-50 and shut your mouth. And then take your ass whooping. Ranked 14 and 15 in that same division. There's four guys in the top 15 that are undefeated. One and two are Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence. 14 and 15 are Virgil Ortiz Jr. and Jaron Enos. If you want to fight either one of those guys, I'm down to watch it. Jaron Enos, Virgil Ortiz Jr., those guys can bang. They are on the rise. And I'd like to see it. Josh Taylor moving up a weight class to fight the best guy there. Reminds me a little bit of, uh, oh, who just came up? Great fighter. Was it Warrington? Great fighter. Just came up a weight class and wasn't big enough. He just, we both picked him, Joe. Just wasn't big enough. <clears throat> and oh, that's he, what I see from, from who versus, was it? Hooker versus Warrington, was it? Or no. it was Hooker's last fight, I believe. Um. Yeah, came up a weight class and was just too small in his in his, his, his retirement fight. Um, and he couldn't fight at that weight class. So I don't like Taylor necessarily moving up. I think he's cleaned out his weight class pretty much and should move up. But you don't move up and fight Terrence Crawford, your first, uh, your first fight at that. Carl Frampton, that's it. Yup, Frampton moved up and was a different fighter in that weight class. Um. Uh, the kid that Figueroa just beat up. He moved up a weight class. He knocked everybody out. Moved up a weight class. Didn't bring his power. One by decision. Lost to Figueroa in his last two fights at that weight class. I don't like the idea. If Taylor moves up, you want to get a Connor Bean, an Adrian Broder, maybe a Jesse Vargas, you know, one of these guys. Uh, Kel Brook, Danny Garcia would be a nice fight to watch. If you're coming up a weight class, don't jump up and then fight Bud Crawford with your first fight. I'm with Jace. I like Crawford Spence, and I'd love to see uh, Taylor. If he's coming up, fight Ortiz Jr. or Jaraninas. Take the 14th or 15th guy, give him his first loss, and then jump up and fight the champ because either one of those guys, Vargas and uh, and Enos, is capable of beating any of those other guys. The, I'm telling you, this uh, Virgil Ortiz Jr. I think is the best of this bunch. And I know you guys think I'm crazy for that. But of all the names we just mentioned, that's the best fighter. Okay. Only time will tell. But as we're talking about fights that might happen, let's talk about a fight that definitely isn't going to happen right now, at least. Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, delayed as the which WBO ordered a title fight between Joshua and Alexander Usyk, and because of that, Fury said, hey, I'm going to go fight Deontay Wilder for the third time. This is what's wrong with boxing, guys. I mean, look, at we, we just had a great stuff happen in the junior welterweight division where we had four guys, and it eventually came down and figured itself out. And this, I mean, the talking about money, talking about 
Eddie Hearn wants this. The promoter shouldn't be, be getting in the way of fighters wanting to fight, putting their title on the line against someone who else has a title. It, it, it's ridiculous. And this is a fight we need, this fight we want. How long have we been talking about this? And it's getting delayed even longer. Jared, what are your thoughts on this? I'm not I'm not a fan of it. I agree with you. This is one of the things we really have to step up and fix in boxing. Um, Fury Wilder 3, I like Fury to do it in much the same manner, like a bear mauling a, a, a huge, really strong puncher. Um, now, I said in one of our first shows, Jays, I think it might have been our very first show, I wanted to get out there that my two favorite guys in the weight class were Baturbiev and Alexander Cover Your Mouth Usyk. Um, that those were the two guys that were the best in the weight class. Uh, the problem is that weight class was light heavyweight, not heavyweight. Um, all of that said, this is a dangerous fight for Anthony Joshua. This is a very dangerous fight for Anthony Joshua. This guy can box. This guy's uh, a top-of-the-line Olympic pedigree. He's had some struggles with injuries. He's he's relatively unknown. But if you think that Anthony Joshua just got some bum from the lower rankings that nobody has ever heard of just to beat up on, that's not who Alexander Usyk is. This guy can bang. This guy beat Baturbiev in the in the amateurs. This is yeah. a tough guy. This could be a dangerous, dangerous fight for Joshua. The the uh, I, it's only plus three fifty or something. So I don't like the bet either way, but don't go, don't go dump the house on Joshua thinking you six a bum because if it happens, I'm not going to be surprised. Joe, what are you, what are your thoughts? This is so stunning, and this is all happening because nobody has the balls to ask Deontay Wilder to go see a therapist. ultimately what is happening here is that this guy is so disillusioned (laughs) and no dude first of all that the mediation that they had do you understand do you understand that the 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 um the contractual clause was already had already passed wilder's wilder's rematch it was gone he missed it he didn't file in time. Somehow goes to a mediator, and they're like, "No, you got to fight him." I, I, I mean, for the life of me, I don't understand that. That should, if this should have never happened the way it did. <laughs> I mean, because this fight was the uh, two of them were already all but all but signed. You're just hammering out some final details. Um, it, it, I, I mean, this is what boxing needed. I think, especially this heavyweight division, this would be this would have been so great. Again, this idea that they even could have fought in in England, uh, and and assuming they all take care of business, maybe eventually this thing can happen in London, which I think would be huge for British boxing. But yeah, great job, Matt and Wembley, dude, it'd be amazing. Deontay Wilder though is an imbecile, and he uh, he should be looking, he should be looking for an easy fight that he can win. And I'll tell you, it ain't gonna be Tyson Fury. Two undisputed, two undisputed cruiserweight champions in boxing since the split. Holyfield, Usyk. This guy is serious, man. I know a lot of people don't know his name. This is a serious, serious fighter. Yes, sir. But I mean, 
a, a lot of this is why the UFC is winning. You don't have all these different promoters. You got the one guy. You got Dana White, and figuring out the fights. A for commission, the best guys. yes, a commission for boxing is what we need. Yeah, Dana White is is the guy that runs the commission for the UFC. You know, that's that's what we need. We just need yeah. a commission for boxing. That somebody's making those calls. Whenever you guys argue about the matchups, and I said, well, what if I got to pick? Would these bum fights and scrub scraps and Paul Brothers fights be okay if somebody else were picking the matchups besides them? And the answer is, yeah, they become competitive. They become entertaining. We just need that person that knows that it's going to be a decent matchup and not give the guys 14 people they can just put in body bags before they get one decent fight that's a good matchup. Let's have all of them be like that. Yeah, like the UFC. And if you want to know why the UFC is winning, click on any betting site and look at the numbers. And the UFC, you'll see 200 to 100, 150 to 115, 110, 110. And in boxing, you'll see 100,000 to 1, 10,000 to 1, 4,000 to 1. They're, they're just like, yeah, there's, there's a fight. There's a fight on that's like 10,000 to 1. You really have to bet $10,000 on the guy to win a buck. Like, why are those two guys fighting? 10000 to win a dollar, I don't think he's got a lot of chance of winning. And you'll never see that in the UFC. MMA as a whole, you'll almost never see a 1000 Look at the numbers. They aren't good matchups. That's why MMA is winning, because these aren't good matchups. 90% of them are some, some bum in his debut versus 17-0. and 0. With 15 knockouts. It doesn't make sense. But then when it does come to making those good matchups, you got two promoters in, in boxing on the other side with, with egos. I mean, look, Eddie Hearns draw, let the Deontay Wilder-Anthony Joshua fight fall through. So then Deontay Wilder went over and fought Fury. He's letting this fight fall through. But Bob Arum, Joe's talked a lot about how Bob Arum in, in can't promote one of the best pound-for-pound pound fighters right now. Boxing promoters don't know. I, I don't understand why they have jobs right now. That would be a dream. Yeah. Could imagine if you were a promoter and they're like, hey, we got this this uh, this Southpaw from the Midwest. He's a good family man, you know, respectful, great fighter. He's your guy. Biggest Plenty of content for the highlight reel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, boy, I don't know. I just can't book a fight on this guy. Too bad he doesn't have one of them Instagram accounts or a YouTube channel where he does pranks because then he could fight Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, you've got to, you've got to, if you're being an honest trainer nowadays, you've got to ask people how they are socially their social media accounts and how much they have as far as because your popularity is going to play as big a role as your boxing skill, if not bigger. There are pretty undefeated girls all over the place that can't fight. And I don't want to be that guy, but Sage Northcutt, there was a guy. There was a pretty guy that didn't get tough fights because of how pretty he was. We just want to see him go out there and win and dance around. And we've got girls like that too. I don't want to pretend it's to gender qualify it, but you know, when I first met my wife, 23 years old, I, I've said it a hundred times, you can make her into a boxing 
uh, uh, undefeated boxer because she'd just fight nobodies and pose on pictures as much. You know, it's as much about the poster as it is about the actual fight. And that's what's wrong with boxing. We've we've got all these other things and all these other and and it's just people picking. I I turn into a promoter manager. I'm gonna have my fighters' best interests in mind. I need somebody else to tell me these are the three fighters that you're welcome to fight. Like a video game, and you got to pick one of those three. You could take the weakest guy out of the three, but you can't take the weakest guy in the division. You're not allowed to do that. It's not a good fight. They won't let you do that anywhere else. There's not even another sport where you're allowed to pick the, the bummiest bum and go out and get a W. It's the only sport that happens. And, yeah, we need to fix it. Commission. Well, Commission for well, because, right, again, this is like when people talk about, you know, government getting involved in business. And you're like, well, businesses do the right thing. No, they don't. They dump into into they they dump poison in the water and into the air. When when you just tell people they can do whatever they want, they do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. If these guys are not, if these guys could just basically pick the fights that they're fighting, why would you fight anybody good? Why would you? Why wouldn't you wait on everybody a year or two? Like, oh, now I'll fight that guy. Now that he's thirty seven, now that's right yeah. where I want him. Yeah. Um, now they, they got to fix this. I mean, again, as if, as if the fact we can't even get the matchups we're supposed to be getting, then the scores are a disaster. I mean, boy, well, and I did that to me, to be fair. There's never been another guy like, (laughs) I don't see any of them out there right now because, uh, when I made all the matchups and Jordan's opponent didn't show up, I, I got in with Jordan. I made all the matchups, and there was never anybody going, why didn't Jared ever fight that guy, you know? (laughs) So that's all we need is that promoter that's willing to kind of put themselves in the backseat and say, I just want to see the best fights. I just want to see good competitive fights, you know, not necessarily the highest skill level. Like I was watching a fight the other day that brought me right to that point I was making last week about skill level not determining entertainment. Did you watch uh, Forrest Griffin? And and Bonner, yeah, their first fight that ended the UFC at the Ultimate Fighter first show. Wow, wildly entertaining! One of the most entertaining fights I've ever seen. Was either one of those guys a world class fighter? No, never. Forrest Griffin scratched and clawed his way to the top, and then Anderson Silva made a joke out of him. That's what we had in those two guys. No no elite skill level, but man, when you matched them up against each other, there were fireworks. And that'll happen with the with the mailman versus my accountant. That you'll see fireworks. I'm telling you both those guys can bang. I made that up. But what I'm but but I'm saying you you need to have somebody that says these two guys are a good matchup, no matter what the skill level those two guys are on. I'm tired of seeing undefeated beasts fight bums. Those bums need to fight each other. 99 times out of 100, maybe 100 out of 100, I could take guys on a card, on one boxing card, and rematch them to better fights. You got the two greatest fighters in the weight class fighting two bums. Can the bums fight each other? (laughs) Yeah. What are we doing here? Yeah, somebody needs to make the call. I agree with your boy. Somebody's got to make that call. Yes, sir. All right. That scenario you just described <laughs> where two champions are fighting two bums, I assume that's all Bob Arum. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> like a bunch yeah. of Bob Arum clients. <laughs> all right. Now, 
from talking about all the problems with combat sports. Well, let's look at the brighter side. Who you got this week? What's a fight coming up in June you're most excited for? Joe, kick us off. Well, uh, the only fight I'm looking forward to in June is between Marvin Vittori and Israel Adesanya. Of course. That's the fight. Again, it's the fight we as fans deserve. And I was just explaining to those fellas on Stir the Pot Sports the other night. If you and this is this is a, a scenario I think that plays out a lot. For some reason, not a lot of people saw that first Vittori Adesanya fight. And I watched it. I've watched it a few times because it was a three-rounder and it was easily a two-one in favor of Marvin Vittori. How they were able to score that in Adesanya's favor, I do not know. However, in subsequent fights, anytime I've seen anybody fight Adesanya and go with the Marvin Vittori blueprint, it's been a successful endeavor. Um, so I really, I think this, this, this Vittori Adesanya fight, it sucks that Adesanya lost, obviously, to Blahovich. Um, you know, it would have been much better if he was still the undefeated last style bender, but that's all right. I think, I think it's going to be all good. He's here's the funny thing. And this is why I'm especially fired up for this. I don't know if you guys have seen, but Israel Adesanya has refused to say his name. He calls him the Italian. He says things like, huh, the Italian thinks he beat me in the first fight. He did. Um, but he won't call Marvin Vittori out by name. And until Dana was literally like, you're fighting him. Um, Adesanya was joking around like that. Vittori hadn't done anything to earn his way up when we all know that's true. And so I can't help but think that Adesanya is talking as much smack as he is because he doesn't want any part of Vittori, which makes sense because I believe Marvin Vittori, Marvin Vittori is going to win that fight by decision and I'm going to be vindicated to the entire world. And then my birthday is at the end of June. So it is going to be a great month. <laughs> oh, that's uh, I, I, I think that there is a little bit of a problem in the UFC and a great case for that would be the Vittori Adesanya fight. And that is judging, but all the judges are boxing judges. I think when it comes to wrestling and and the ground, if you don't have a guy on the ground for the whole round, they they just see it as wasted energy or something. Because they these boxing judges don't know how to uh, score the ground. So I, I think that's where Vittori's problem was in that first fight. Marvin Vittori dominated him the entire second and third round. It, it was shocking to me. Again, how anybody could have counted those any any differently. I just, I don't get it. And I'll tell you this, had that been a five-rounder, I think it would have gone 4-1 Vittori. Adesanya, if you've seen it, when he gets on his, but you saw it against Blahovitz, when he gets on his back, useless. Useless. Israel Adesanya does not know what to do when he's on his back. Do you know why? Nobody ever puts him on his back. 
Plain and simple. And when the guys do, he struggles. He struggles. We talked about this, Riley. We talked about this on Stir the Pot. Styles are important in these fights. Yes, sir. This is not a, this is not a good matchup for Israel Adesanya. It's why he didn't want the fight. It's why he's been trying to avoid the fight. And Dana picked up on that. All right. Jared, well, what's your fight that you're looking forward oh. to the most? I don't. I mean, to be fair, you don't have a lot of choices. Like I said, most of these are two thousand to one. Gary Russell's fight, Chantel Cameron, uh, No Nito Donaire's got come one coming up later. That's not necessarily June. Uh, Jarrett Hurd minus fifteen hundred. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez minus fourteen hundred. Floyd minus fourteen hundred. Um, Paul Gallen versus Justice Huni. This is a uh, a heavyweight fight, June sixteenth. Gallon is an ex-rugby player who's got a couple knockouts in a row. Um, kind of a sideshow, whereas Justice Hooney, that's who's going to win. He's like it's a legitimate fighter versus kind of a sideshow. And he's finally knocked out enough bums to get in there with a 3-0 and kid that was that was a, a decorated amateur. So Gallon loses. That's a great fight to keep an eye on. Um, but uh, uh, later in July... I'm going to skip ahead because I want to. Brian Carlos Castano, uh, 17-0-1. The drawer is Arislan de Laura. And he's set up to fight Jermel Charlo in July. And that's going to be a great fight. This, this uh, again, you might think uh, Castano has, has come in off the street. It's a name you've never heard of. But this is the lesser of the Charlo boys fighting... Major competition. This guy can bang. I'm I'm looking forward to that fight. That's the one I want to see. All right. I, that's going to be a good fight as well. But for me, making his pro fight debut, Chad Johnson. No, I'm just kidding. Making her MMA debut on PFL June 10th, Clarissa Shields versus Brittany Elkin. I'm excited to see what Clarissa Shields can uh, bring to MMA because she she does train with Chris Cyborg. She has trained with Chris Cyborg for a long time, and that is a solid training partner. I I am really scared to see her. I, I'm interested to see how she handles wrestling because you know her being a world champion boxer. That that's the first thing people are going to try and do. So I'm excited. I I think there's a I'm just very excited to see what she can do because this right now, if she can succeed in PFL, I can see her coming to UFC and taking on just the possibility of fights. Her, Nunez would be great if she can get it done. And this is going to be the start of it. Can you get past someone like Brittany Elkin? Undefeated, three and up. uh, I mean, not undefeated, my bad. She's three and six. You got to get this done. I misread the the record. My bad. But uh, I think she has the skills. I mean, I, I, she obviously has the the stand up. I'm excited to see what she can do from the ground. I, I think training with Chris Cyborg is going to be a big deal and help her a lot. But I, I'm excited to see what she can bring to the table, especially in the women's division in MMA, because the women's division in MMA is a lot better than the women's division in boxing. So. 
that that's why she made the switch get more recognition. So I I'm excited to see what she can bring to the table. Who knows? It might um, be nothing. She might be terrible. She might just get taken down and laid on the whole. The thing. odds are there's very little. This is a James Tony type move. Um, and I have come to not like her. She's uh all right, let me let me paint a little picture for you. 17 is a 17 and 0 professional. 77 and 1 as an amateur. World champion, gold medalist, right? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? You're 17 and 0 as a pro and 77 and 1 as an amateur. What do you want to go do with your life? Fight MMA? Fight Savannah Marshall. And I and I I I almost just uh just the acronym would have been PB. But if you're scared, say you're scared. If you're afraid of Savannah Marshall, Clarissa Shields, and that's what I think is going on. She beat you once, she'll beat you again. Just say you're afraid and run to another sport. People run to other weight classes all the time to get away from people they don't want to fight. You don't want to fight Savannah Marshall. She's calling you out, and you're fighting. What's the girl's name, Jace? Brittany Elkin. Brittany Elkin. You're fighting Brittany Elkin instead of the one girl on the planet who kicked your backside and would do it again. If I'd won 94 fights and lost one, I would want to avenge that one loss. I would want that one girl that's on TV calling me out and already beat me once. She beat her once. She will beat her again. It's the best girl at that weight class. Her name is not Clarissa Shields. It's Savannah Marshall, and she ran from her. She ran from her like Canelo did to Baturbiev. She ran because she's scared she'll lose that fight. I promise you, you put them in a ring together, Marshall beats Shields. I promise you she'll beat her again. Watch her fight. Watch her fight. She's the better boxer. She's much better boxer, and she's never been hit hard enough to even look shook. She beat up Shields. She beat up Shields again, and Shields left the sport to get away from Savannah Marshall. Well, I mean, can you can you really blame her? Like, what is her versus Savannah Marshall? Like, who who's really watching that? She's Me, ninety-four you, and one. Yeah, but then no one else knows that. Brittany Elkin? Who else knows Brittany Elkin? I know, but there's Was still... it Brittany or Melissa or something? I don't Brittany. know. I... Brittany Elkin. Yeah, who knows her? Raise your hand if you knew Brittany Elkin before she signed up to fight Clarissa Shields. But still, more eyes are going to go to MMA. That, that's just how it is. More eyes are going to go to there than People are coming boxing. to boxing for the eyes. Then why are MMA guys coming to boxing? If more eyes are on MMA, why are the MMA? They're, they're coming the for the money. They're coming for the money. The dollars are in boxing. She she could fight a Paul brother if she wants the dollars, and she could fight Marshall if she wants the respect, and she's not doing either one. She's fighting Brittany Elkin. Go away. You're not relevant. That means you're not relevant to have conversations about on this show anymore, Clarissa Shields. That's what that means. You went from boxing. You went from a great boxer to a subpar mixed martial artist, and you're not relevant anymore on this show. Goodbye, Clarissa Shields. This might be the last time we talk about you. I don't know what Brittany Elkins' nickname is, but Savannah Marshall is the silent assassin. 
And so just based on that, I could see why Clarissa Shields <laughs> wants no part of that. It's a good nickname. Yes. Yeah, she's 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 a monster too. Watch her fights. She's a also, beast. it seemed for a moment there like Jace was trying to get me to back him up in that argument, Jared. What? <laughs> and then he sort of abandoned that. He was like, "No." <laughs> what? I thought you were looking for me for some backup no. on that. It felt it felt like you were coming here for a minute, and I was just going to shut the door. Yeah, I mean, I stand by it. Really, I'm just looking for fights to piss you off. My my original was going to be uh, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz because I'm excited to see Nate Diaz back. But, but I'm excited. I got she doesn't Jared have one. Up. I don't see Brittany Elkin. I can't find a uh, nickname. She's <laughs> three and six. Nickname none. Date of birth, N.A. <laughs> you, you guys saw uh, Andrade was uh, at the presser after Canelo's <laughs> fight. And he said, uh, uh, Canelo said that uh, he wouldn't fight Andrade because he wasn't very well known. As if Billy Joe Saunders or any of the Caleb or Caleb's was. Yeah, like we I know mean, those guys. Right, dude. It's like, oh. it, it, just have the balls to be like, I don't want to fight you. You're very tough and it's not a fight. It's not a fight I could win. You know, I mean, just say it, just say it because look, here's the thing, right? For Clarissa Shields. And like Jared said, if you want respect, you go fight Savannah Marshall. I mean, respect is overrated, right? I want to, I want to lock in a win. I want to, I want the easier fight. I want to make a little bit of cash. That's really what this is becoming. Boxing is obsessed with being undefeated. Everyone's afraid of what a loss is going to look like and what that's going to do. Maybe everybody's watching Deontay Wilder walk around like a lunatic, and they're thinking, wow, a loss. I, I don't want that to happen to me. That would be horrible. <laughs> Does this, this water taste funny to you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Funny story, real quick. I was watching an interview with George Foreman, who was talking about the rumble in the jungle. And... Here's what George Foreman says about that fight. Got to bed late, right? A lot of things were off. He claims his water was spiked with medicine, right? Go makes all the makes all these excuses, and then he goes, "Ali beat me though." Like, wait a minute! But it sounds <laughs> like you're attributing the loss. To, Nay was like, "No, even if none of those things happened, he still would have beat me." Well, then why are you bringing them up? Why are you like you're making all these excuses? And in the end, you're like, but he would have kicked my ass even if I wasn't drunk. Me up. Yeah. yeah, even if I wasn't dehydrated. Oh yeah. No, no, no. My favorite but, one I is I just want you to know there was a lot of excuses just inherently built in here. My favorite quote is the look on his face when he talks about him with the best punch of the fight. He's like, Ali was talking to me. Come on, bring it. Come on, old man. And I hit him with a good punch, like a good left hand, and he went, is that all you got? And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, talk about future <laughs> fights, talk about past fights. Let's talk about present fights. Fights tonight starting us off in boxing's bantamweight division. 
Tonight on Showtime, legendary four-division champion Nonito Denaire challenges Nordin Ubali for the WBC World Bantamweight title. Let's break it down. Nonito Denaire, 38 years old. He's 5'6 with a 68-inch reach and a record of 40-6 and six with 26 knockouts. From Tilabon, Philippines, Denaire began boxing at the age of 11 after his brother took up the sport. In an amateur career that saw him go 68-8, and eight, he won three U.S. national championships and the 1999 International Junior Olympics gold medal. Donair turned pro in 2001 with a first-round knockout, and after amassing a record of 17-1 with 10 knockouts, he knocked out IBF champion Victor Chinian with a devastating counter-left hook, winning both the title and Rig Magazine's knockout of the year. He defended the title three times all by way of knockout before moving up to super flyweight and defeating Rafael Concepcion for the vacant WBA title. After defending the belt three times by knockout, he blew out champion Fernando Montiel in two rounds for WBC and WBO bantamweight belts. After one defense, he stepped up again, defeating Wilfredo Vasquez by a close decision for the WBO super bantamweight title, and in his next fight, defeated IBF champion Jeffrey Mathabula by unanimous decision. After knockouts of Toshiaki Nishioka and the legendary Jorge Arce, he lost his belts to Guillermo Rigando by decision in 2013. Next, he defeated Simpawe Vitjeka for the WBA featherweight title, but was then brutally knocked out in six rounds by Nicholas Walters. After winning his next three, he picked up the WBO Super Bantamweight title, but then dropped a unanimous decision to Jesse Magdaleno, and then the following year he fought a valiant, albeit losing, fight against Carl Frampton. In 2018, Denaire entered the World Boxing Super Series, knocking out Ryan Burnett in four rounds to win the WBA title, then made it to the finals by knocking Stephen Young out cold with a brutal left counter. In the finals, he was defeated by IBF champion Noyaya Inoue in an epic fight that won Ring Magazine's 2019 Fight of the Year. Known as the Filipino Flash, Denaire possesses blinding speed, formidable punching power, and a high ring IQ using feints and head movements to set up his counter shots. Nordin Ubale is 34 years old. He's 5'3 with a 67-inch reach and a record of 17-0 with 12 knockouts. From Paz de Cali, France, Ubale took up boxing at a young age, winning bronze medals in the World and European Union Amateur Championships and competing at both the 2008 and 2012 Olympics. After amassing an amateur record of 29-16-1, he turned pro in 2014 with a unanimous decision. He won his first 11 fights with eight knockouts before knocking out Alejandro Hernandez in the 10th round for the WBC Silver Bantamweight title. He defended it twice, including a knockout of Mark Anthony Geraldo before defeating Rua Sheev Warren for the vacant WBC belt. In 2019, he destroyed Arthur Villanueva, dropping him in the sixth and forcing him to quit the fight. Five months later, he retained his title with a unanimous decision over Takuma Inoue. A hard-hitting southpaw, Ubali is a head-first pressure fighter who throws a high volume of power shots to overwhelm his opponents, setting up his best punch, a straight left with a stiff jab and solid footwork. Can the legendary four-division champ Nonito Donaire turned back to hands of time to reclaim its glory. World champion Nordin Ubali continued to dominate and rise up the bantamweight division while remaining perfect.
Tune in Saturday night at 10 p.m. for Denair versus Ubali for the WBC World Bantamweight title. Ooh, there we go. Bantamweights fighting for showtime. Joe, you gave us that great breakdown, but who you got? Boy, you know, Nordin Ubali is a really good fighter and, you know, sort of like Josh Taylor, a young guy on the rise who's been fighting big fights since he pretty much came out the gate. And that's how you can have less than 20 fights and be a champion uh, if you don't duck and dodge people. So kudos to him. That said, man, um, when I started putting that thing together, I thought, nah, I don't know, maybe Nonito Donaire is a little too old and, and maybe not quite up to the challenge. The more I'm looking at it, I don't know. I feel like we haven't. This is a great fight. And I feel like Donaire is going to pull it out. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be uh, an upset here. And um, yeah, I think it goes. I think it goes the distance. And I think it's a close one. And I think Denair wins. Okay. Great. Jared. I got to go against you, though, Joe. No, you can't. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Nordina Bali. I think he's. Man, that's so hard, though. Look at De look at Donaire's record and the guys he's fought, and even his last loss is in a way. Anybody in that weight class loses to that guy in a way. Yeah. Um, Although he um man. he beat his brother, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious, but yeah. Um, this will be close, too. dude. It's going to be cl I'm I telling you. I love man. And I, I mean, great. Victor Chinian was one of my guys, too. He beat guys that were my guys. He That, that fight of the year, my God, dude. It's just so hard to pick anybody but Donaire. But uh, I think they got this one right. I'll take the kid. I, I agree with you, Jared. Every time – I feel like every time Donaire gets to a top-level guy, I mean, we saw it in a way – Carl Frampton, like there is a ceiling for him. And I think <laughs> what, <are> we... <laughs> what do you call what do you call pizza that takes your hair off? Donaire. I'm sorry, Jace. Go ahead. I love it. <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I think I think Donaire has a ceiling. And I think Obale, very young, uh I think he gets it done. Both these guys coming off haven't fought since November of 2019. So I think there's going to be ring rust. That's why I'm going to say decision. But I think this is more or less like a passing of the guard. Uh, I think Obale is just the future and Donaire is the past. Tough to be the future at 34. Well, you know, you you say he's got a ceiling. His ceiling is the Hall of Fame, which is where he'll be headed in about five years. He's a great, great fighter. And your suggestion that he can't win at the top, I find that a little insulting, I'll be honest. I mean, his last two toughest fights, he lost to Frampton and in, Inouye. So, yeah, two of the best in the I, world. I what? And I think That's what you're is on about. that level. I think Obale is on that level. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to take anything away from Donaire. You're I, right. I just think 
Obale is on that level. He's on that level. But he does fight like Vic Tarchinian and same height, southpaw. Telling you, I don't know. Mm. He fought Tarchinian like eight this? years ago. If you were gonna, he if you were eight years ago, and there was a there was a tied card, seventy six, seventy six, and Darchinian went down. If you were gonna take a risk on a guy to turn back the clock of to the hands of time, it's got to be Nonito Donaire. Oh yeah, oh yeah, with the weight class and the and the resume, absolutely, yeah. If I if I if I liked one, this would be it, dude. Jorge Arce, Rigandiao, Walters, Juarez. This guy fought everybody. Frampton, Young, in a way. This is that's crazy, man. Oh yeah, that's this is such this is such a hard pit fight to pick. This is a tough fight to pick. I mean, Obali probably going to win the fight. I just have a hard time. Yeah, well, I think there. that's, that's it. really where I'm at. A lot of times when the odds makers are off, it's um, it's a name. Usman's little brother got beat up, right? And the odds were real, real close. And people were seeing Usman and going, minus 400, he's the favorite in his last name. Usman, uh, you know, so to see the more well-known name be the slight underdog, um, I, I just got, I, I'll go with the odds makers on this one. As much as I love Donaire, one of the best sure. I've ever seen at that weight class, for sure. Jared, there's a reason why Vegas is rarely, rarely ever wrong. And, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot. And I'm probably foolish to think this. I mean, if the Ve- Vegas doesn't, when Vegas works these odds out, they're not guessing. Mm-hmm. They're not guessing. But in my heart... <clears throat> Gonna, gonna, I'm going J, I'm going uh, Jace. I'm going Jace style this week. I understand the good pick here is Ubali. But in my heart, I'm feeling the Filipino flash. I can feel it in my heart. I got to do it. I got to do it. I do like that idea too what you said Jace. I think we after the layoff. I mean cuz these are these are a couple bangers. These are guys that <laughs> knock people out. Um, but yeah, I do. I do think this is going to be a banger. I think it is going to go the distance. I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, I hope it. I hope it goes my way. But I. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if if Abali uh continues his domination, he is a great young fighter, and it's good. I like seeing some of these good young fighters. You know, I look at a guy like Josh Taylor. I look at Teofimo Lopez. These are guys that aren't dodging people like Tank Davis does. These are guys, these aren't the Charlo brothers. These are guys that are like, I'll fight anybody, anytime, any day. And I like that. If that's going to mm. be the future of this sport, those are the guys. Those are I'm the guys I, I like and appreciate the most. Right now. <clears throat> I, I do. I will say, no matter who comes out victorious here, that belt's getting taken from Inouye. Taken by Inouye, I mean. Inouye's taking that belt. He's the best in the Oh, world. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll beat either one of these guys. Yep. All right, one more fight, big fight on the zone. Let's hear Tony's tale of the tape. All right, guys, this Saturday we have an exciting fight in the lightweight division between former champion Jorge Linares and WBC champion Devin Haney. Let's break it down. 
Jorge Linares, 35 years old. He's five foot eight with a 69 inch reach and a record of 47 and five with 29 knockouts. From Barinas, Venezuela, he took up boxing as a child, winning several national junior championships and amassing an amateur record of 89 and five. Wanting to turn pro before his 18th birthday, he followed the advice of WBA president Gilberto Mendoza and moved to Japan, where he began his career with a first round knockout. He won his first 23 in a row with 14 knockouts before knocking out Oscar Larios for the vacant WBC featherweight title. He defended it once with an eighth-round knockout of Gamiel Diaz before stepping up to super featherweight and winning the vacant WBA belt with a fifth-round knockout of Weiber Garcia. After one defense, he lost the title via first-round knockout by Juan Carlos Salgado. He bounced back with four straight wins over the likes of Jesus Chavez and Rocky Juarez but then suffered back-to-back stoppage losses to Antonio DeMarco and Sergio Thompson. After some time off, a refocused Linares won his next six in a row before sensationally knocking out Javier Prieto with a thunderous right cross to win the vacant WBC lightweight title. In his first two defenses, he brutally knocked out Kevin Mitchell and Ivan Cano, then in September 2016, defeated fellow champion Anthony Krola for the WBA and Ring Magazine titles. After dropping and dominating Krola in the rematch, he fought a close, epic battle with former Olympian Luke Campbell, dropping him in the second round and pulling out the split decision. The following year, he faced two-weight world champion Vasily Lomachenko, having success in some spots, including dropping Loma in the sixth, but was gradually worn down and dropped by a body shot in the tenth, and despite beating the count, was unable to continue. After a third-round knockout of Abner Cotto, Linares moved up to super lightweight, getting blown out in one round by Pablo Cesar Cano. In February 2020, he blew out Carlos Morales in four rounds with a vicious right cross. A highly skilled boxer-puncher, Linares possesses both blinding speed and one-punch knockout power and utilizes a double jab and exceptional footwork to set up his combinations. Devin Haney, 22 years old. He's 5'8 with a 71-inch reach and a record of 25-0 with 10 knockouts. From Oakland, California, Haney started boxing at the age of eight, and by 17, he won seven national titles and became the youngest boxer to win the Youth World Championships. He amassed an amateur record of 138-8, and eight, including three losses and three wins against Ryan Garcia, before turning pro in 2015 with a first-round TKO. He quickly went 19-0 and 0 with 14 knockouts before picking up his first belt, the vacant IBF North American lightweight title, with a 10-round unanimous decision over Juan Carlos Burgos. The following year, he picked up the vacant WBC international belt with a decision over Zolasani Ingdunjeni and defended it once, knocking out Antonio Moran with a vicious overhand right. In his next fight, he took on Zaire Abdulev for the vacant WBC interim title as the WBC promoted Vasily Lomachenko to franchise champion. After four rounds, Abdulev's corner stopped the fight to spare him further punishment. In November of 2019, he defended that belt with a unanimous decision over Alfredo Santiago on the undercard of KSI versus Logan Paul. He injured his shoulder in that fight requiring surgery and didn't return to the ring for a year when he took on former world champion Yuriorkis Gamboa, winning by a lopsided decision and thoroughly outboxing the veteran for 12 rounds. A slick boxer with good head movement and fast hands, Haney fights in a style similar to Floyd Mayweather with his left hand low and using snapping jabs to set up his combinations while avoiding staying in the pocket for too long. Well, this fight proved to be just another stepping stone in the meteoric rise of Devin Haney, 
Or will the strength and experience of Linares put an end to the hype train? Tune in Saturday night for Linares versus Haney for the WBC lightweight title fight. Another great tale of the tape from Tony. But he muted Jared. Can I just say that this show has, is I, – I, I went back and listened to uh, bits and pieces of our first show, and then when we first got up to video, and we have come so far – look! I mean, <laughs> from the intro to the tale of the taste to the tickers, like this show has just come light years from, from where it was. Uh, Tony, that was great, man. Thank you. Hey, and we're going to keep going light years beyond, beyond where we are now. Just wait. But Trajectory looks good, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. We got a big fight tonight, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> My man. <laughs> oh, we called you out. But, uh, all right, Jared, <laughs> who's taking this fight? <laughs> <laughs> this is Haney. This is Haney over Linares. Um, I think Devin Haney's the real deal. This is one of those guys. Uh, pound for If he's not on your pound for pound list now, he will be in the future. This is another W for Haney. This is a, a good gatekeeper type fight for him. Meteoric rise, though, was well put. Yeah. Um, here's the thing about Devin Haney. Um and I don't know if you've noticed in the tale of the tape, uh, every every championship this guy's got and has held was vacant. He hasn't he hasn't really had to fight anybody for anything. Stuff sort of been handed to Devin Haney. Devin Haney promotions, he's got it going on. He knows what he's doing. Twenty five wins, ten knockouts. How do we get bought that guy? Mm, how do we go up? How do we get Bud that guy for a Yeah, promoter? no kidding. I tell you what, I think Devin Haney is like overly hyped. I think this Linares fight could be um a career changer for him. I think uh I think Linares is actually going to win this fight. I think that Haney's going to get exposed in this fight. And um suddenly with that blemish on his record, let's see if he could stay uh if he could stay sane. Um, according to two out of three judges, only one guy has ever won a round against Devin Haney. Mm -hmm. So those knockouts, fine, 10 knockouts, 25 fights, but you go through those decisions on box rec one at a time, you'll find out that two judges had him winning every single round in every single fight except for a 10 and four guy early on in his career, uh, Hector Montez, who won one round on one card, two rounds on another card, three rounds on another card in an eight round fight. Nothing's been even close. So yeah, I mean, you've got an aging Gamboa, um, a young Santiago and Abdulov, but man, the, 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 uh, he passes the eye test for me. He certainly does. I think he passes the eye test for a lot of people. I think this well, is Well, Lenore's is a test. He won't be able to be if, if you're right. This is the guy to show us. That's this my is, thought. This is Prince Nassim Hamed's Jesse James Leha 
Damn. And he will be exposed in this fight if you're right. And if I'm wrong, then I guess I'm wrong. And Haney is is a lot. But okay. but I I this is my sense. My brother Tony and I we we talked a lot about this. Um, neither one of us are big Devin Haney fans. Um, and feel like this could be exactly the <laughs> fight you just described, Jared. But again, maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I I think. I think I see it here. This is really what I think I see. I just don't love Haney. I really think Lenar is a great fighter. Um, I understand Haney's the favorite and, and and certainly should be. This is gonna be a tough fight. And let let let's see what happens. We'll talk about it Sunday. This guy's been stopped five times and not by huge punchers. Loma stopped him in 2018. Pablo Cano knocked him out in a round, two minutes, 48 seconds. Uh, all five of those losses being by knockout and him being 35 years old, I just don't like it against this young scrappy kid. He, even if you're right, you know, I just, I mean, man, I take Haney. I take, I take Haney, but, uh, but I, but it's a good, it's a good test. It's a good step up for him. It's um, it's one of the guys he needs before he gets that title fight to prove to people like you and Tony that he's the real deal. And I think he absolutely. Is. I want to see more. I got This is what I'm looking for. I want to see these guys fight. Fight somebody good. Fight somebody good. Take. I mean, again, I didn't like Teofimo Lopez. Went in there and beat the crap out of Lomachenko. Like him now. That's legit to me. That's a legit yeah. fighter. That's a guy that was like, yeah, I'll fight Lomachenko. Sure. What are you, insane? No, I got this. Yeah, you do. I I need to see this around this sport. I, I for one, feel like Haney's a fraud. There's only one way to find out. This is a good one. This is a good stepping yeah. stone to get him to another fight where, again, I think he could, he could show me in the close. world just how good... So th this is his opportunity. Let's see what he does with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I get where you're coming from, Joe. I like I want his pick Linares. But just the older guy coming off a longer <laughs> layoff. And I mean, Linares has shown that he can be stopped and he's susceptible. I, I think Haney gets the decision, but I do think the the chinks in Haney's ar armor will be a lot more evident coming out. Uh, after this fight, and I mean, he's talked. He, he's threw some big name. Haney has thrown some big names: Lomachenko, Lopez. Um, we just talked about him. Uh, Tank Davis. He, he's talked about fighting these guys, but th this is your first test, Linares. When you're throwing all these names around, I, I do think he is susceptible. I, I think we'll see a little bit of that tonight. But I do think he will, he will beat Linares. But all right, that's gonna do it for tonight's fights. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the Scrub Scraps Spotlight. The Closing Time Podcast is back, sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe Aguirre. I have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season, people in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more. 
just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. There we go. And here we are, joined by Anthony Baker. Jared. Ladies and gentlemen, for today's flurry, another segment of Scrub Scrap Spotlight, I'd like to introduce Anthony the Clam Baker. How's it going, Anthony? Not too bad. How are you guys this morning? Doing real good, man. Doing real good. Um, Now, you had kind of a unique experience at Scrub Scraps. I I probably claim everybody does, but uh, you want to tell us? Uh, I definitely had a unique one. Um, I've I've always fought drunk in bars and thought I was a tough guy. And I walked in there thinking I was going to walk through this guy and something hit me. His name happened to be John. Yeah. (laughs) He hit me again and again and again. And I learned something that day. Cover your face. (laughs) (laughs) Like there was, it was just, it woke me up to a lot of things. I didn't take life serious at all, almost up to that point. And just getting the training from you and the one-on-one to see how much you gave every single guy every minute you could just to try to better us in our situation, especially when it came to getting inside those ropes. Like you didn't want nobody hurt. You wanted people to be able to enjoy the sport of boxing, but not just get their heads knocked off because, well, it'd be interesting to see me fight someone that has never even put their hands up. Mm. Like you've, you've made large impacts on so many people's lives and I wanted to do something for you. So give me a second. Can you see that? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's pretty sweet. On the back of it, it says Scrub Scraps 2021. For all the fighting you've done for everyone with us, I figured it was my job to give something back. I know we're both Cowboys fans, so of course the star had to be on it. (laughs) The tree in the center is the new growth into everybody's new beginnings that you helped them with. And the heart in the back is from all the love you've given everyone. Thank you. You're a mentor to so many. And I don't think people understand that. I think they just see it as, oh, let's, let's just let people fight in the backyard. When every single one of those fights you had, there was a meaning behind it. It wasn't a fight. It was a lesson. And you either learned from it or you didn't. 
but you would never give up on anybody that stood in that yard. Man, I appreciate your words, man. They're real. Um, you struck me as the kind of person when you got there that thought you could walk through anybody, you know, and kind of lived your life like that. And, Absolutely. Um, I, I deliberately gave you somebody you couldn't walk through. You know, no, I, I didn't, even I didn't do it to get you hurt. I didn't do it so you could take a loss on your birthday. I did it so that you would know that you can't just walk through everything in your life. And I've seen you adapt to other parts of your life and, and play chess instead of checkers, box Absolutely. instead of brawl, you know, and that's, that's what it takes. That's what it takes to win at life um, is the things that you learned losing in the ring. So. I mean, him yeah, and I still speak. Know, I told him when he gets out of the desert, we can swing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still talk to John, too. He's yeah. got a baby on the way. Great kid. Yeah. Great kid. You got a question for him, Joe? Yeah, uh, I'm curious what what brought you to Scrub Scraps, and, and then I'll have a follow-up afterwards because I liked what you said about the getting hit in the face part because that does change <laughs> things up quickly, doesn't it? Real quick. <laughs> um, what brought me there was actually my little brother um, was actually dating his niece at the time. And um, my brother knows. Danielle, you guys I've, know Erica's niece. Oh, um, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, ahead, I've yeah. always struggled with addiction, alcoholism, you name it. So my brother's like, I got someone for you to meet. Brought me right up to Jared's house. And. That's pretty much how it was. He says, you want to throw on some gloves and see how it is? And I said, hell yeah. We got wrapped up and threw on some gloves and went for it. So, and even just doing pad work and sparring with me, I could see that there were times you were like, I'm going to have to do a whole bunch of things different if I'm going to be successful in here. You know, absolutely. and just that realization of, oh, wow, just run forward and throw a bomb and knock somebody out isn't going to work every time. No, <laughs> not bad, Joe. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so you you mentioned the getting hit in the face part. I famously like to tell my Jared story when I trained with Jared. I got hit in the face, and we had talked about it beforehand. What was sort of going to happen that you get hit in the face, and your initial reaction is to fight or flight. You either want to start flailing your arms out, or you want to just fall under the ring into the fetal position. But I just remember that first time he hit me right in the face. I st everything slowed down and I was like, all right, that's not happening again. <laughs> I got to really pay attention here. I mean, just the clarity in my head and the way everything really slowed down. I understood the greater lesson Jared was trying to teach me that day beyond just me getting hit in the face. Cause that's mostly what happened. That's <laughs> funny because he did that with me the first night on training as well. Let one slip right through the gloves. I had a nice little, <laughs> nice little glove burn up the nose. And I, uh, <laughs> after that, I, like you said, it kind of all slowed down and it was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's when I went into the body with him and he told me, all right, we're only sparring here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah. that, that shot got me on that nose and it made me think, all right, well, if that's how we're doing this, then I'm going to get you somewhere. I see you're not blocking. <laughs> My famous line is don't swing any harder than you get hit. Then you want to yeah. get hit. 
Absolutely. That's good. Yeah, that, I won't that hit any harder than you swing. You swing. <laughs> Anthony, um, Anthony, um, uh, I totally meant, uh, what you talk about covering your face this is a takeaway from Scrub Tracks, but what's the other, what, what other takeaways like do you have from Scrub Scraps? Um, just like the family and the unitedness that everybody has. Like you're talking about a bunch of guys that know they're there to fight and they, they know who they're fighting, but all day long up until that they're hanging out, they're enjoying the day together. They're talking. There's, it's just, you get such a family un like unity from the environment up there. Like just, just for me to think, all right, I have to give up some drinking for, I don't know, the next couple of weeks. Cause if I'm not going to be doing that. I'm going to be getting my ass kicked and well, that ain't going to be good. So for me, it was, it was a reason to stop leaning towards my addiction and go towards something more healthier. Is there like, anything for, else? Follow-up question. Yeah. Is there anything else in your life? Like what are some of the other things that motivate you like an upcoming fight to not slip into addiction? Oh, um, two years ago, this August, I'll have full custody of my daughter for the past two years. Congratulations, brother. That was because I gave up the addiction and gave up the acting stupid. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. Well, and when you hear that, I kind of figured he was going to go go there. But when you put an upcoming fight against custody of his, that's the other thing that touches him like that and makes him want to be better. Custody of his child and an upcoming fight. It's got this strange power. What else is going to make me want to get sober? Going to want to go outside and jog. You're going to fight me in two weeks. Better get my shit together is the first thing that runs through your head. Absolutely. It's this natural reaction to has a fight coming up. Ooh. And he had a fight in court that he couldn't just run straight through and throw his biggest punches. Five years. You know? Had to be tactical about it. For five oh, years, I battled. Congratulations on the W, brother. Yeah. Anita. 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 Anita, adorable. Love you. That's what all this is worth. That's what we're really fighting for, brother. To learn oh, the lesson. So you know, there, two of those shirts are on their way to you. Oh, thank you, brother. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, Anthony. Sharing your thank story. you guys for having me. Great. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. You're, you're welcome back anytime. This was great. But isn't, uh, isn't Jared great? He really he is. is. He's just a great, he's just a great dude. I mean, it's, 
I this is my favorite part of the show. We have somebody come on and talk about how amazing Jared is. Um, no, I'm just playing. Um, I, well, I, I mean, I this. listen to you guys' podcast every week anyway, so I listen to you uh, as well. Anthony, but nobody co- nobody comes on to talk about how awesome I am. You know what I mean? So you didn't uh, invite me. <laughs> hey, hey, before the Look show in the comments. Said, how many weeks have I missed an episode? You never said, hey, this guy should come on and talk with us. Jared's like, shit, I got a guy backstage. I got him. Uh, <laughs> Just had to ask, huh? Shame. Right. <laughs> What's oh. up? No, but all jokes aside, all jokes aside, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of guy Jared is and the, and the way Jared gives to other people. Um, and, and he has been for the last couple of years, my psychiatrist and the, the person who I talk to about, uh, the, you know, the, the deepest, darkest thoughts in my brain. Um, well, 30 the other night was there before me too. Right. To have somebody like a Jared Jones in your life, boy, I'll tell you, you know, I got things pretty good in life. But if if I was down one step, um, I would be so grateful that I would have somebody like that in my corner. So, uh, Anthony, we're thrilled that you came on here. Thank you, guys. Uh, the, the fact that you made him cry with those shirts. Uh, I'm going I mean, to work all day long with it. Yeah. Dude, this guy. <laughs> Shit, this I got guy, my own. This guy cries like Thug Rose at a championship match. It is, <laughs> doesn't take I'm much. I'm the same way. That's why it's horrible. <laughs> Him what? and I in a conversation what? could cry this through the whole thing, not know what the fuck we said, but we were there for each other. Is this, is this a yeah. Cuba Gooding movie? Everything we do. every Anthony, every conversation I have with this guy ends with me in tears. Absolutely. <laughs> every every conversation, my wife was like, "You guys are right." I'm like, "Yeah, no, we're good. Just getting it out." <laughs> it's Jared. It's Jared. I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I hey, thank I you for the other back. night, Jared. I do appreciate that. Oh, it was great to be here for you, brother. It's uh, thank it's, you. it's you know, it's what we're supposed to be doing here, in my opinion. I want to just circle back to a question Joe Joe usually ends with. If you had an opportunity to talk to somebody else who's struggling with addiction or depression or uh, any other significant life struggle, um, what would you say to them about the possibility of coming to a scrub scraps that, that they might be able to take from? To just never give up. There's always time to start over. There's literally the, there's not another day promised, but you can always start a new day. Mm. Beautiful, my brother. Hey, thank you, Anthony. Not a problem. You know that. Throwing jabs, the only combat sports podcast. We yell, we laugh, and we cry talking about fights. But uh, thank you for coming on again, Anthony. Thank you, Jared and Joe, for joining me. Make sure you guys like Throwing Jabs on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and follow Clovercrest Media Group on Twitch. And check out clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch of other podcasts, a bunch we showed uh, today in the promos earlier. Anything you got, any topic, there's a podcast for. And if there isn't, you can start your own. But enjoy tonight's fights. That's going to be it for Throwing Jabs. We'll see you next week talk more boxing and UFC. Take care. Please.
throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men, punching in with a puncher's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and weave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains, from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs.